if you have your Bibles, you can open it to John chapter 1. We'll be uh, speaking a lot on there, um, so that way you're not turning back and forth. But please have your notes ready. I doubt if I'm going to get through all the notes today. I think I'm going to stop. I, I feel like uh, Smokey and the Bandit. You remember Smokey and the Bandit? We got a long way to go, but a short time to get there. <laughs> I don't know if I could do it, <laughs> think that get it done in this time. And I don't want to rush through this. So I may, again, where we're at, I may just split it up in a thing there. So as we get started, approved or ashamed. How many of you ever put something together in life? Guys, but guys, gals, you know, uh, you bought, bought an entertainment center and all these things, and you, you got stuff, and there's 50 million pieces, and you got to put it together. And uh, how many of you ever seen one of these that come with it, right? That's an instruction manual about putting it together. The uh, reason I brought this one is still out because my barbecue pit uh, kind of rusted away that I had uh, a while back, and they, they don't make the parts anymore, so I had to get a new barbecue pit. And I didn't think about the difference of letting the store put it together, just buying it, you know, and it's all together and it'd be nice and easy, or saying, you know what, we'll put it together, right? That should be great. We could handle this, right? Well, so it comes in, it gets delivered in a box, and um, the first night it was getting dark. I had it on my patio cover thing, and I went outside, and what I want to do is get, you know, get them instruction manual. And I'm there, and wouldn't you know it, they would have to put it at the very bottom of the box, and you had to take out 50-something parts to get to the instruction manual, which all I wanted to do was get the instruction manual out and uh, glance through it that night to get me a little ready for tomorrow morning. Well, my wife was in the living room at that time, and she heard me yelling at the box and yelling at the parts, fussing it, well, where's the instruction manual? <laughs> and that's what she told me. She says, tomorrow when you start putting it together, I don't know if I want to be here. <laughs> so I start going through this. There's 50-something pieces that you got to put together, you know, and every little screw goes to a certain spot. Some screws may work in another spot, but it won't work in this spot and things like that. And how many of you know that when you start thinking about it, that we use instruction manuals and it gets difficult to put something together like this. But so many people try and go through life without getting into God's instruction manual for us. Life is much more difficult than a barbecue pit. Life is much more difficult, and if, if I need, need, we love pictures, right? I don't know if most guys, I don't know if you like me, first you want to try and put it together by just looking at the picture. Where can I find another picture, right? Get me another picture. I don't, I don't like reading all those little instructions, and you, you're working with that, and so part of the problem with this was there was 50-something pieces, and in the instruction manual it had part number 47, part number 46, but the parts didn't have the numbers on them with a little sticker. So you had to be very careful. So you had two sides. So you had to look and glance and trying to figure out which one went where because the holes would be a little different and things. And so we need those things to put together little things in life. How much more important is it to have the Word of God to put our life together? Jesus came here to show us how to overcome the world. And you know like I was saying about different pictures and looking at things, sometimes people want to go through life and they watch other people's lives and things like that and they get a picture of what life is supposed to look like. But reality is just, just a small 
inkling of what we're supposed to be doing. And, you know, sometimes we, uh, I, I got to tell you all this story, what happened yesterday. Um, a few days ago, I, I came to cut my ditch, and I went to start my push mold, but it wouldn't start. So there was no spark. I knew it was probably an addiction called the magneto that went out. So I took it apart, took the call off. I was going to try and order the part online, but I couldn't find a part number on it. So I brought it, went get a, a part by Neils, and um, a couple of days later, which was yesterday, I put it on my mold. And um, so as I'm putting everything back on, uh, I'm putting the cover that you crank with back on, I notice I got one screw missing, one bolt missing. Uh -huh. I said, the reason I've I done it myself is because it's like $75 an hour for labor. I said, I'm going to save me $75, right? So I'm looking all around for the one bolt I have missing, uh, laying in the mold, laying and make sure it's not on there, it won't fall off, it won't, uh, you know, it'll roll off. I'll move the mold back, make sure it's not underneath, and it's, for the life of me, I cannot find it. So, well, I'll just find one in a, my bolt bin and maybe put it on later. So I said, but let me crank it up and see what goes. So I crank it. Within three seconds, I hear, Toop! that something flew out. Something flew from under the blade, which it wasn't there before. You know, I moved the, moved the mold to check if it was under the mold. And it, this Monday morning quarterbacking, y'all know uh, it was that bolt. But I didn't know if it was a rock or something like that. That's so why I'm running. I looked. I didn't see nothing on the cement. <laughs> About 60 seconds later, my wife comes out the house looking like Fred Sanford. Holding <laughs> her heart. Uh, I'm what? Are you trying to kill me? She was. <laughs> I said, what in the world are you talking about? She was in the dining room thing, and the bolt flew through the window and landed <laughs> inside the living room. Good news is I say I, I have the 25-cent bolt, but I got to replace my living room window. My dining room window has a hole in it that big. <laughs> so I'm so glad I saved that $75 by doing it myself, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, sometimes we think we know better when we should have just le leave it in the master's hand. That's what we should have just done. Amen. So, so now y'all know the chronicles of Scott, what I go through, <laughs> what my wife goes through. But it, was, it was so funny. That's why she says, I can't believe you're not mad. I said, I can't be mad. The way you came out there it was hilarious. <laughs> For about an hour, it was about how that I almost killed her. I'm telling her, I didn't, I would, it would have hurt, but it wouldn't have killed you. It wouldn't have penetrated. <laughs> But the good news is we got the 25-cent bolt back, and it's back in the mold. <laughs> hey, all right. <coughs> so let's get back to this. And the reason I, I told you those stories is about how we do things in life and, uh, you know, and using manuals that we need to get God's Word and, and know God's Word. And I want you to look, 2 Timothy 2.15 Paul was writing to Timothy, but it, this also pertains to us. I want you to understand that. No, notice what he says. Do your best. Circle that. Do your best. The King James says, study to show thyself approved. So he says, do your best. What is doing your best? Make, make the best effort you can. Not just if it happens. He says, but you make the best, best effort, he says. And notice he says this. To present yourself to who? God. This isn't about man. 
This is do your best to present yourself to God. How? One who is either approved, and I think I left that underlined on your paper, a workman that does not need to be what? Ashamed. So he's telling Timothy and all of us here, we need to know God's word. That way when we're presented before God, we are approved and not ashamed. He says that you are approved and, and need not be ashamed. And then he goes on to say, who correctly handles the word of truth. The word of truth is the word of God. But notice what he says, who correctly handles the word of truth. So why would he tell you, you how you correctly handle the word of truth? Because it means you could also mishandle the word of truth. You could be deceived and not, and not grasp everything in God's Word. So he's saying do your very best to present yourself to God as one approved. How many of you want to be approved by God when you stand in front of Him? And that you, that you don't need to be ashamed and one who correctly handles the Word of truth. So let's, again, the Word of truth is our instruction manual for life, like it is for this barbecue pit. God's Word right here that... The initials, uh, a while back, they had a saying that said, Bible, B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. This is, this is God's instruction manual of how we are to survive, how we ha are to have victory in this life. So why would I focus so much on a barbecue pit, but yet never look in God's Word? Look at me, look at uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. I got the NIV and the message version because I want to compare the two. And uh, this is one thing I like about this new computer. We are able to put both versions together. But notice what it says. All scripture. What is scripture? The word of God. Okay, and we're going to get into this a little bit more. All scripture and the living, uh, the message thing says every part of scripture is what? God breathed, okay? It is God's, God breathed, meaning it is the breath of God, meaning it was his spoken word. Put your hand in front of your mouth right, near, right here and say hello. Hello. You feel breath? It is the breath breathed. I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask you to do that to your neighbor because I don't know if you brush your teeth. And that, <laughs> And that might be the breath of death rather than the breath of life, okay? But all Scripture is God-breathed. It is God-spoken. Now, I want you to understand the breath of God. If, if, just go to uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. I added this this morning. Um, when it's talking about the forming of man, it says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. Okay, so there was the body. But it says, And he did what? He breathed into, the into his nostrils the what? Breath of life. And the man became a living being. You see, when God speaks, it is the breath of life. It brings forth into existence what wasn't there before. There was no life in the man, but he breathed the breath of life into him. So we understand that all scripture is God breathed. It brings life. And it says, and is useful for, number one, circle, teaching. Teaching. 
It teaches us. God's Word teaches us. Now, uh, let's put that, that back up there, Nathaniel, uh, both versions. 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, God's, uh, God, all scriptures, God breathed and useful for teaching. The message says it this way. God's Word uh, is God breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth. Not the truth as you see it, but the truth as it really is. See, you could believe something, but it doesn't mean it's true. Have you ever believed a lie from somebody? Yeah. Let me tell you something. God's word is the only truth. This right here is the only truth that you could rely on. If it ever comes against this, it's a lie. Then the next thing it says in, in the NIV, it says it's teaching. Then it says rebuking. In other words, showing us our rebellion. Think about that. It's the truth and it exposes our rebellion. When our life doesn't line up with God's truth, we're in rebellion. We'll get into this a little bit more next week, but I want you to understand, and I'm going to try and lay out for you today so you can understand a little better. But when a person rejects the truth of God, in other words, when a person says, well, I know the Bible says this is a sin, but I don't agree with that. Do you know that person is actually rejecting God? And we're going to see he's re rejecting Christ. He's rejecting what God says. So it, you, you cannot call something in life what God called sin. You cannot say it's not a sin because you got all your justifications for it. Because what you're truly doing is rejecting him. And I'll show you a little later as we get on through this. It says, so rebuking, correcting our mistakes. Then it says correcting in the NIV. And the uh, message one says, uh, uh, correcting our mistakes. Notice what God's word does. It corrects us. It's not about us correcting and changing God. We can't make God what we want him to be. We can't, uh, you know, say, well, I want God to do this, that, that. I don't agree with you here, God. You see, when I don't agree with him there is I'm in rebellion to him. You can't make God into what you want him to be. You have to serve him for who he is and know that his word is the absolute truth. Whether you agree with it or not. You may be believing a lie from the enemy, but God's word is the truth. Then it goes on to say, um, and training in righteousness. So all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, which... Uh, Message one says, training us to live God's way, doing it with the will of the Father in our life. And then it goes on to say, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And a message says, through the word we are put together and shaped for the task that God has for us. So you see, it's about correcting our wrong thoughts. That's why the Bible says don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. You, this world got a messed up, broken thinking system. Only God's word is the truth. And we'll see in uh, 
Proverbs 14.12 says this. There is a way that seems right to a man. You hear me? There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. Let's go back to the garden. God laid out the truth and told Adam and Eve, if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. Did he mean it? Was it true? Yes. The enemy came along and kind of mixed up their sound doctrine, which they had from God, got them to believe that it wouldn't. So Adam and Eve believed, because Satan said, surely you won't die. And they started giving them, he started giving them all kind of reasons why they should. So they justified their decision to go against the Word of God, which is absolute truth. And they believed his lie and became in rebellion to, his, to God's truth. And guess what? When they took the bite, death came. Now, they believed it wouldn't. They had all the reasons why it wouldn't. They thought it was going to improve their life. But guess what? The truth of God never changes. There is a way that appears and uh, other version says uh, to man to be right. In my mind, in my thoughts, it all seems to be okay, but if it's against the word of God, it brings death. So, how many of you remember, uh, was his name Justin Wilson, the cook? Right? What was his famous saying? I guarantee. I, I, if you ever want a guarantee in life, it's God's word. That's the only guarantee you're going to have is God's Word. Look what it says in uh, Matthew 24, 35. This is Jesus speaking. He says, heaven and earth will pass away. This, this broken state of earth we have, all this will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Everything else is going to change. We live in a world that's constantly changing, but the only thing that will never change is God's Word. He says, heaven and earth will pass away. Now, I put Revelations 21 for, uh, for you to understand this, where it says this, about heaven and earth passing away. Then I saw a, what? New heaven. This, this hasn't taken place yet, okay? Uh, Christ is going to come back before this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. See, Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words won't. So we're going to see in the future that he sees a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth, what we're living in now, the first earth, has passed away. And there is no longer any sea. Now, Brother Allen, I got shook up when I read that. No longer any sea. And I started thinking, well, man, does that mean we can't fish? But then I remembered, you know what, in the garden, in, in the original garden state, there were rivers. So we okay. We, and where rivers go to? Lakes. So that's all. We're going to be good, okay? So I was worried. I said, oh, man, don't tell me we won't be able to fish no more. And then verse 2 says, I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed uh, for her husband. Verse 3 says, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, 
What's that next word? Now. This is when it takes place in the future. Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will, they will be his people, and God himself will be, be with them and be their God. Verse 4 says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will no longer be death, nor mourning, crying, or pain. Now notice what it says. For the old order of things have passed away. We are right now we are living in this old order that hasn't passed away yet, that hasn't been done away with yet. That's why we still have death. That's why we still have pain. That's why we still have mourning. But in the future, again, he says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never. The only guarantee you have in life is God's word, what he says. I want you to understand that Everything came from the Word of God. And I know that this is more of a teaching than a preaching type thing, but I think we need to grab hold of God's Word. And uh, things. everything came from the Word of God. Now, I want you to understand, as I'm going to start teaching about this and, and sharing, your, our minds cannot truly grasp what we're going to be reading. Okay? Uh, I was thinking about last week or week before, uh, Terry Godet, uh came work on our air condition up there, and he pulled out the coven I was with him, and he, man, they had 50 million wives. It looked like a bird nest. And he started, man, yeah, this does that, this does that, and my head was spinning. I was like, I don't know what the world you're talking about. You know, I could do electrical, yeah, white to white, black to black, green to green. We okay there, but this had 47 colors, 300 wires, all over the place, going to everything, and my head was spinning. And I was thinking, you know what I was thinking this morning? If I can't understand the way that heater works, what makes me think I can understand God? If I can't comprehend just simple things on this earth that other people can, what makes you think you could comprehend God? The, the Bible actually tells us, for now we know in part. Okay? If your God is... Someone who you understand completely, he's not a big God at all. See, my God says he can do more than I can ask or even imagine. So whatever you can imagine, God says I could do better than that. It's beyond our comprehension. Okay, so, so we understand what we're going to be talking about and going to be talking about sort of the Trinity, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There are three, but they're one. To say, oh, I fully grasp that? No, we don't. But that's okay. It doesn't make it not true. You are spirit, soul, and body. You are three and you are one. You are created in the image of your father, of the father. So let, let's go to John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Boy, even where I want to cut this in half, I got a long way to go in a short time to get there. <laughs> Everything came from the Word. This is why God's Word is so important. And God's Word was His spoken Word, His breath that brought life. It says this, <coughs> John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. In the what? Beginning. Circle that. That's the beginning of time. Have you ever heard that somewhere else in the Bible? In Genesis, in the beginning. This is the beginning He's talking about. In the beginning was the what? The Word. 
Now, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Now, that statement could warp your mind. I'm trying to grasp that, but you, it, it's reality. It's what it is. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was uh, with, with God and in the beginning. So, listen where it says, and the Word was God. So, if I reject the Word of God, if I say, God, you say this is sin, but I don't believe that because I don't believe a loving God would be you ever heard that? What am I rejecting? I'm actually rejecting him. My, it's a rebellion toward him. So in the beginning was the word. Now let's jump down to verse 14. It, it makes it a little clearer for us. The word which was with God and was God. The Word became, in other words, manifested. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Guess who that's talking about? Jesus. The Word, which was in the beginning with God. You see, the, at, at the beginning of creation, there was God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Spirit was hovering over the waters. Jesus is the Word. Get, those, get that mind spinning. It says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. That's what they're talking about here. When Jesus came, manifested on earth, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Jesus came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. So let, let's look at Genesis 1-1, that, that phrase again, in the beginning, everything came from the word. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now jump to verse 3, it says, and God, how did he do it? And God, what? Said. What, is, what about when you say it is breath? It is life. It is the breath of God. God breathed. God spoke and breath came out and produced life. He says, and God said, let there be light. So he spoke the word. And I want you to understand, though, we, we see the word became flesh, Christ. Jesus Christ carries out the perfect will and intention of the Father. Think about that. Jesus carries out the intention, when God speaks, he carries out the intention of what the Father wants. God said, let there be light. His word was spoken, and there was light. When Jesus was on earth, he said, I come to do, not to do my will, but I'm here to carry out the Father's will. So let's go to John 1, 3. Speaking of the word, Jesus says, through, and notice what it says, through him, Christ, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Everything came from the spoken word of God. Look what it says in Colossians 1, 15 through 17. He is the, the image of the invisible 
God. In other words, he, when he was manifested, when, when, when uh, the word became flesh, when Christ came to earth, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. And then it says, for by him all things were what? Created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created, now catch this, by him and what? For him. Everything was created by him and for him. God has a purpose for your life. He created you for him. You, are, you belong to him. It doesn't mean you're serving him, but you belong to him. Verse 17 says, he is before all things in the beginning, and in him, notice this, in him all things hold together. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. How many of you know that people sometimes start to find Jesus when everything in their life is falling apart? And they turn to him to help hold things together. But I want to share something with you. If your life's falling apart, at that time, it's probably because Jesus wasn't before everything in your life. You still made decisions you wanted to do that was against the word of God. But if he is first in life and he will, and a king in your life, he will hold all things together. It doesn't mean you won't have issues in life. Jesus says in this world you will have trouble. Okay? It doesn't mean you won't have trouble in this world. Oh, I got to get going. John 1, 4. Again. Through, I'll go back to verse 3. We're just reading it quickly. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was what? Life. He spoke. When God spoke, life came forth. In him, <coughs> excuse me was life, and that life was the light of man. Notice what he says, in him, in Jesus. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life. This is like a Rubik's Cube. And we're trying to get the pieces to match up. And it starts, it's starting to match up. I don't know about you, but I never was able to make more than one side <laughs> on those things. Now, Dawson, their son, he can make the whole thing. Darren, Darren could do it, but he peels the stickers off. So that's... <laughs> so in him, in Christ was life. First John 1, 4... First uh, John 1, 1 through 4 says this. That which was from when? The beginning. Remember again. No, notice this theme. In the beginning. He was in the beginning. That that was which from in the beginning. Which we have heard. Which we have seen with our own eyes. Christ on earth. We have looked. We have looked at. Uh, looked at and our hands have touched. This we pro, uh, proclaim concerning the. What of life? The word of life. Christ is called the word of life. The life appeared. We seen it and testified to it. 
And we proclaim to you what? Eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus. We proclaim that life to you. And I'm going to pause here. Uh, the next section talks about darkness did not comprehend it. That Christ came into the world, but the God of this world has blinded unbelievers from seeing the truth. Next week, come back. But I, I'm warning you, I may step on some toes. My, even my own. As we talk about this. But understanding what, what is darkness? Darkness is simply an absence of light. And someone might say, well, why did God create evil? He didn't. Evil was not created. It was a result of not following God. Listen, God created Lucifer, who was an angel. It's called Satan, the devil, however you want to call him these days. He created him as an angel, and he was actually the most beautiful creation God made that was in charge of leading worship in heaven to God. See, God didn't make him evil, but God gave him a will to serve and worship God or to worship himself. See, God, same thing with us. God doesn't make you love him because what, would, would that really be love if you had no choice? No, God gives you that option to love him. And you see, Satan had that option. He could have held that position and continue worshiping God and all these things. But pride came in his heart, and he says, I want to be like God. I want the worship to come to me. And God said, sorry, buddy boy. Kicked him out. So what did Satan do? He got mad when God, cre God created us to worship him. So Satan's upset, and he says, you know what? I don't want you doing my job I was created for. I'm going to do everything to deceive you. And he deceived God's creation, Adam and Eve. And notice what he done. The same thing that he fell for. He told them, eat and you will be like God. That deception came in and they sinned. They rebelled against God the Father just as Satan rebelled. God didn't create evil. Evil is the absence of the goodness of God. When God's goodness and holiness is removed, you remain with darkness and evil. But God says that he so loved the world. You hear me? He so loved the world that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. And that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is not a way, meaning there's other ways. He's not a truth, meaning there's other truth. You hear me? There is one truth. Whether I believe it or not, that's my choice. But it doesn't change the truth from being true. So when he gave himself for the forgiveness of our sins, he, his body was beaten, his blood was shed, because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And if we'd have to stand before God, we're guilty of sin, and God would have to execute a death sentence on us. But Jesus says, hold on, Father. Father. 
I'll die in their place. I'll shed my blood in their place. God, you can place their sins upon me on the cross and take my holiness and righteousness and place it on them. And God says, I'll take that deal. We don't earn salvation. We receive salvation. It is a gift from God. And as we get ready to receive communion, uh, Lara, would you go get Michelle's class as she comes to help uh, leaders if y'all want to come up and begin uh, getting the communion things. You don't have to be a member of Christian Fellowship Church to receive communion. That would be ridiculous. It's not a church thing. Communion is not a church thing. It's a relationship thing with God. But we do require that you have a personal relationship with Jesus, that you've accepted him as Lord and Savior. That's the requirement. That you're receiving his broken body and his, uh, symbolically his broken body and blood. That he died and was, again, defeated death because he was raised back to life and now seated at the right hand of the Father. So if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, I want to give you that opportunity now. And I'll just ask that if everyone would just stand now. Those watching online or somewhere else, if you haven't accepted the Lord as your personal Savior, I just want you to say this prayer. And I just encourage each one to say that today also. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I believe your word. Father, I admit that I fall short in many areas of my life. But I believe that you love me so much that you sent your son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. I accept Christ into my heart right now to be raised to life again, to be born again through the precious blood and resurrection of your son. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. I'm looking for my wife and I'm looking for Michelle. They're not there. Pastor Adam, would you be able to just help us right now? Amen. Amen. Juan, come on up and help us with communion. We're, uh, they're they're uh, stuck there. So what we're going to do is we're going to have communion and we ask you just to come up each aisle, hold the uh, communion emblems and then uh, hold them till the very end and we'll receive them together. Amen. So Brother Aaron, go ahead and you can start the song.
chapter 22, starting in verse 14. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it amongst you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the, the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took, uh, the, in the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. Father, I just come before you this morning. We thank you, Father God, that you loved us so much. We thank you for giving us your word, Father God, your spoken word, your living word, your word that brings life. Father, we just pray right now that each and every one of us, Father God, would be approved, Father God, that we study to look at your word and be approved and never to be ashamed, Father God that we never come against your word or rise up to speak against your word, but that you let your word change and bring life into us, Father. We thank you for that right now. We thank you for the forgiveness of our sins through precious blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. At this time, you may receive them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to just encourage you, you could take these notes home. You could read over what we're going to be speaking about next week, and we'll, we'll share there, all right? So we'll pick up from there. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you Wednesday night.